If you've been listening to the program in the first couple of hours, uh, you'll realize a very quick theme. It's all about growth, growth and more growth, and how we deal with all of that uh, growth. Uh, at 3 o'clock, we talked about new housing legislation introduced by the uh, provincial government, the law, the new legislation. Once its law will permit uh, three or four units on a traditional single-family lot, um, and depending on lot size, it'll uh, permit six units on a traditional single-family lot. If the uh, lot is uh, near a uh, transit stop, uh, the, the proposed legislation will also permit one secondary suite or a laneway house in all communities throughout British Columbia. Uh, there's a lot to, to debate on this issue in regards to what this means for local autonomy uh, and uh, municipalities, and uh, we'll learn more of that, I'm sure, in the next few days. At 4 o'clock, we talked about, of course, the government today announcing that their 2026 uh, immigration levels will be at 500,000 immigrants. Of course, we're not sure if that includes international students, most likely not. Uh, temporary foreign workers or uh, or even uh, refugees as well. So much to talk about uh, on regards to that issue. I do want to say that the Immigration Minister, Mark Miller, will be joining me on the show Friday at 3.45 to talk about that announcement. So uh, people are moving here. We have different types of housing. Well, communities have to absorb all of that. And one of the communities that's dealing with significant growth, uh, because it is very a popular place to move to, is the township of Langley. Um, recently, the township uh, is asked the local residents to weigh in on what to do with 200 Street, that corridor through Willowbrook and Willoughby. Now, anybody who travels from Vancouver out to Highway 1 uh, around 200 Street is a very busy corridor. Uh, the corridor itself stretches about 800 metres, almost a kilometre on the other side of the street. Lots of housing there. I think the Langley Event Centre is there as well and if you go across the 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 freeway there highway, highway one you see the big movie theater there a lot of commerce there a lot of folks living there how do you uh, develop that area over the long term particularly with the growth that langley township is seeing well joining me now is eric woodward the township of langley mayor uh eric thank you for joining us yeah, as always. Thanks for having me on. My apologies for the lengthy introduction, but I think it's important to sort of lay the groundwork in regards to what you as a mayor and your council and your residents have to deal with over the years ahead. Uh, tell me why it was so important to sort of open up this sort of consultation with residents along uh, along the 200 Street Corridor. Well, the, the 200 Street Corridor from Willowbrook to Highway 1 represents a, a pretty significant housing opportunity uh, for the Township of Langley, but also probably... Uh, the only location in the in the near in the foreseeable future that we're going to be seeing any sort of rapid transit uh, delivered by bus rapid transit mm-hmm. that's part of the 10-year plan so for us to see that as probably one of our only locations where we're going to be expecting rapid transit it was really important i think to go back to the community go back to staff under our new council mm-hmm. and make sure that we're making the most of, of that corridor so when i drive down that corridor and i've been to the langley event center not too long ago i see a lot of um, uh, townhouse complexes, some condominiums as well as I was driving there. Um, Would you consider looking at uh, greater density, like uh, not skyscrapers, but certainly buildings that are a little higher than that? Like what kind of things will residents potentially have the opportunity to weigh in on? I think we were looking for for that feedback of what uh, what some of the residents would like to see, um, you know, not just who live there in that area, but also throughout the entire township, even maybe on our eastern edges, mm-hmm. because it has a big impact on our, our future taxation and future economic opportunities. So maybe people's commute could be shorter. So on the 200 Street Corridor, it's everything from employment, lands and development of jobs all the way to more housing right in proximity to transit. And I think 
really getting it right on 200 Street allows us to uh, do a better job in some other urban areas where maybe we don't need to see as much density and can have some 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 great walkable neighborhoods, but really focus on the 200 Street corridor with proximity to that transit. Now, if that rapid transit bus, the bus, bus rapid transit is there, would that take out a lane for, for drivers potentially? It does. So the, the that'll be some consultation to do. Uh, bus rapid transit does contemplate dedicated travel lanes for buses. But a great opportunity on 200 Street is for a significant portion of it, it's not finished. And where where the dedications that are that are being uh, taken as part of the development process allow for a lot of uh, vehicle travel lanes along with that bus lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, now the SkyTrain is uh, ending up in Langley City. Uh, some have always said, you know, it'd be great to move eventually once this particular phase is done. And one day, move that SkyTrain along 200 Street and take it all the way across the freeway and and perhaps set up a park and ride there for those folks coming in from Abbotsford and Chilliwack and other areas outside of the Metro Vancouver area. And perhaps, uh, you know, you have a major shop, uh, sorry, a movie theater there, huge parking lot. I'm just mm-hmm. playing city yeah. planner just for a moment. <laughs> um, that It would be great to have a stop there and that would allow people to park their vehicles and then jump on rapid transit to get into the city. Um, do you ever see a SkyTrain, another phase of SkyTrain going from Langley City all the way up to 200 and then uh, uh, putting a SkyTrain station there? In the long, long, long run, I think that uh, that's something that would that would that would follow. Similar to what you've seen on the Broadway corridor, I mean, mm-hmm. you've seen uh, you know bus service there for for many many years, even when I was back in university, and now it's transitioning to a more permanent a rail system. I mean, I think if you have the density, you have the ridership that can that can see that uh, return on that investment. It would make sense to do that. I think in the short run, what we're seeing from TransLink is to transition to uh, more bus rapid transit because of the implementation cost is so much lower. Uh, services can be delivered at a lower cost on the capital side and on the operating side. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, in the introduction, I was talking about um, the immigration minister visiting us on Friday. Uh, mm-hmm. Immigration numbers announced today. Uh, through your lens uh, as, as a mayor of a fast-growing community, um, and if you had to advise the federal minister of immigration, in regards to the concerns, you you, know, you you have to deal with, you and your council have to deal with on-the-ground realities of housing, of transit, of settlement, the impacts are profound on communities like the township of Langley. If you were advising the minister in regards to what immigration we need that can help communities like yours, what kind of advice would you give him today? I think it's pretty consistent throughout the region that a lot of mayors would like to see uh, immigration numbers uh, result in infrastructure uh, along with those numbers. So if we're seeing a significant influx of that going to the Metro Vancouver region, that the federal government essentially is downloading that infrastructure cost onto cities and onto the province where, you know, in a process they have no control over that decision. So whether you want the number higher or want the number lower, it's, it's really about the, the download that's happening onto municipalities when we don't have the tax revenue to, to, to address it. And so the, and the conversation doesn't really occur at, to the local level. They'll simply allow that immigration over a number of years and, and then it's, it's the cities that are trying to find a way to accommodate growth. It's the province trying to find a way to accommodate that growth. Mm-hmm. You know, and we'll see our school systems, uh, you know, really, really under significant stress here. 
and, and no support from senior levels of government to help pay for the policies that they're putting in place. Um, today as well, uh, introduce, introduce the, the housing minister introduced legislation that, as they say, would allow three or four units on a traditional single-family lot, six units near uh, um, transit. It allows for uh, uh, secondary suites, laneway homes potentially as well. It does override municipal responsibilities. In some ways, uh, the zoning itself, uh, the public zoning process is undermined or the traditional zoning process is undermined. Um, I don't need you to get into the nitty-gritty of it, but you have a lot of experience on the city council side and uh, on the municipal side. There's got to be some flags going up for you as, as a municipal leader going, wait a minute here, I've got to deal with some of the repercussions of this. What do you think of the legislation so far at this 30,000-foot level as it was introduced today? Yeah. So the summary that I've read and some of the regulations that we don't have around it yet are going to are really going to matter on that. You know, we've we've completed multi-year um, community planning processes uh, to significantly, you know, develop some of our urban land that that is available for that that have basically been basically obsolete now and undermined completely. Um, so you know, if we if we you know, determined that we were going to put a lot of uh, growth into the Willoughby area, maybe preserve some lower density forms in, in Fernridge, for example, that's in the southern part of Langley, that's urban, uh, designated for urban development. Uh, he just simply quadrupled the density in those areas, undermining years of community planning processes. That would be one example among many jazz where I think uh, uh, it's really unfortunate how this process has, has, has been undertaken, especially for communities like uh, like mine, where we're seeing significant amount of growth on uh, urban land that uh, isn't developed yet, as opposed to maybe trying to get more density into established Vancouver single-family neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, of those, some of those attempts to, to, to fix some of those issues as they perceive it don't, don't, don't apply here but they're being applied here anyway. I mean, I'm just thinking even just, uh, you know, you live in a single-family neighbourhood, and I, I'm not saying that's the, the future at all, but uh, to say that you can build a four, four uh, units, uh, it's going to disrupt a neighbourhood, never mind finding the, the workers that you'll need to be doing that, the piping and the sewer systems that will have to change, and parking as well. I mean, I, I foresee mm-hmm. if this goes through, huge headaches for you and your council moving forward and trying to deal with, I would suspect, significant concern from residents. We've been waiting for the details to come out, and now that they're starting to emerge, we can start to, I think, have that conversation locally. Like, for example, in the Willoughby area where we have significant new land coming into urban development around 200 Street, um, we have other established single-family neighborhoods like Walnut Grove or Murrayville um, that are now going to be having this density imposed upon them with no planning process around schools, um, park acreage per resident, um, a number of other factors which are, are involved in the overall community planning process. Um, if you simply come in and say you're now able to quadruple densities in these areas, I'm not sure how that's going to work for park capacity, recreation facilities, or schools um, that are full in those areas. So now how is that going to work? Uh, and I don't think that there's any follow-through. At least I've not seen any yet on how that is expected to work when they're arbitrarily quadrupling densities in these areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric, I look forward to having you on the show again. Really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much, and I would love to come back on um, maybe in, uh, in a more depth session talking about uh, some of this for 
units per lot when uh, when there's a chance to do so. I'd really appreciate it once we've had a chance to look at it more closely. You give me a call if you're ready tomorrow. We're ready to talk okay. tomorrow if you want. Oh. You you you, t- you, t- yeah. you let me know as soon as possible because I uh, you've raised some legitimate issues. I mean, it, 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 provincial governments at the core are blunt forced in- instruments. Like it's it, they don't have the details. They don't know the specific neighborhoods that you're yeah. dealing with. And sometimes there's greater density in one part of town and another part of town. You're trying to preserve something, but when you have this sort of one sort of size fits all, it's a huge impact on, neighbor, on neighborhoods and communities. And we would love to dig into that more, for example, really quickly, like in Willoughby, where we're creating thousands of units of housing, um, and we're, we're creating that missing, missing middle already as part of our planning process. Um, it, it is going to be significantly challenging for us to go back into established areas and do the same thing there. We just don't have the financial resources, and this is being imposed upon us when we don't need it. Eric, thank you so much. Talk very okay. soon. Great, thank you.